Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Dario Simoa Samboni. He's a professor in the Department of Cell Biology at the Rivero Preto Medical School, University of San Paulo. So, uh, Dario, thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, Richard. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me about uh, your work. What's the, uh, what are you working on overall? So pretty much my lab focuses on understanding the interaction between the pathogens. And we, we like the pathogens that goes inside the cells and, and replicates in the cells. Uh, and we study the interaction of these pathogens with the cells that like try to, the phagocyte or they uh, uh, interact with these pathogens. And then they start like a beautiful interaction between the pathogen and the, and the host cell. And we try to understand this process, which is very important for the outcome of the disease. If uh, the host is going to control the infection and return to the homeostasis, or if the pathogen starts replicating, they, they may uh, lead to a more severe disease and then uh, eventually leads to, to death of the patient. So it's pretty much the, the early interactions of the pathogens with the host cells of the innate immune system that fascinates us. And most of my lab is, is focused on specific aspects of this interaction between the, the host cells and the pathogens. So phagocytosis is when a, an immune cell engulfs or eats a pathogen, like a bacteria or a virus, right? Yeah, so it's a beautiful process, actually. I mean, when we uh, some pathogen goes inside our body, uh, the first encounter that this pathogen is going to uh, have is a... Uh, interaction with the innate immune cells, like specifically macrophages. So they patrol the tissues to make sure everything is okay, everything is right. And when they found these pathogens, they start to uh, an interaction with this pathogen. And, and the macrophage is going to phagocyte, which is exactly what you described. It. So it's, it's going to uh, engulf this whole like pathogens, and then the pathogen is going to be in the vacuum. And, and then, depending on the pathogen and specific strategy of the pathogen, this process is going to lead to replication of the pathogen, or eventually the, the macrophage is going to sense this microbe and then is going to recruit additional cells to the, the site of the infection. And then this is going to start the whole immune reaction and interaction of the pathogens with the host cells. So pretty much the, the patrolling cells are the macrophages. They, they sense this. Uh, microbes in the when they they reach the tissues and and then they, they they signal to the other cells of the immune system that it's time to to generate a response in case of a pathogenic microbe or they simply just uh, phagocyte the, the the microbe if in case it's not a pathogenic microbe they they simply phagocyte this pathogen and destroy this pathogen and everything back, get gets back to normal so there is no more well, uh, well, infection going on they don't they don't have eyes. So they don't see it, right? How do they find the the? Um, how do, are they sniffing? Are they just chemo sensing? You know, are right. they? How do they find these uh, these what they consider to be pathogens? 
Yeah, so the, the, that's the beauty of the receptors, right? So the cells has a lot of receptors ready to sense pathogens or microbes. And most of these receptors are in the membrane of the macrophage. So they are looking outside. So they, they pretty much like they are proteins. The receptor is a protein that is anchored in the membrane. So it's, uh, the protein is like sensing something outside of the cell. So if a bacteria uh, is encountering a macrophage, then the receptor is going to sense the bacteria and it's going to tell the, to the macrophage, oh, it's time to phagocyte. This is the bacteria, and then the cells will be, they start phagocytosing that bacteria. And this is the beginning of the recognition. The recognition starts, continues in, after the phagocytosis. So if the bacteria is a pathogenic bacteria, uh, they're going to phagocyte uh, and try to replicate inside the cells. And eventually they damage the membrane of the vector. And then there is another, another set of receptors which are inside the cytoplasm of the cell. And then these receptors can tell to the immune system that this is a pathogenic bacteria, so a more specific and focused response is required in order to fight this infection. Okay, but I'm sure people have watched under light, light microscopy the immune cell find a pathogen and go to it and engulf it, etc. These These receptors you're talking about on the outside of the immune cell, it seems like they're very important. Are any of them flow sensors? I mean, because otherwise, if they're just contact sensors, you'd have to be lucky and bang into a, a pathogen or bump up against it. So how do they find these things? Right. So the, as soon as the bacteria infects the tissue, let's say we, uh, you, you cut a finger with a knife. So there's going to be bacteria in the tissue, right? So the first encounter is going to be macrophages in the tissue that's going to find this bacteria. And they're going to have receptors such as the toll-like receptors, for example, the mannose receptors. They have receptors that sense sugar specifics in bacteria or molecules in the bacteria that like, are going to uh, signal intracellular to the macrophage and say, oh, this is, is, is kind of a pathogen, so we should phagocyte this, this bacteria. And then the macrophage, they start many processes, like it's a, it's a beautiful transcriptional regulation. Many genes are expressed, many proteins are expressed, and then uh, the protein is going to tell to other cells, like it's going to produce cytokines, chemokines, and these molecules is going to recruit additional cells to the tissue. And in a few hours, a lot of cells is going to be recruited to the tissue. And then your finger is going to start uh, swelling and it's going to hurt. This is all uh, effects of the inflammation that it starts to occur in the finger, in the, the finger, uh, because uh, the, the, the cells are signaling to start like a recruitment of, of additional cells and phagocytosis of the pathogens to mount a, a response that can eliminate the bacteria in the tissue. And see, everything is, goes correct. The bacteria that uh, is injected in the tissue are not really pathogenic. The cells are going to phagocyte the bacteria. It's going to clear the infection and everything gets back to normal. In a few days, you have your finger uh, back to normal uh, and the cells uh, recycle and go to other parts of the body. So everything works fine. It's a beautiful outcome in this case. But in some cases, the, the, the pathogens are, are more virulent, which I means they are adapted to subvert the functions of the macrophages. Let's say uh, you are infected by a parasite such as Leishmania or Trypanosoma cruzi. So they are transmitted to, a, to an insect and they go inside the cell, inside the body, and then the macrophage try to phagocyte that leishmania, it eventually can phagocyte the leishmania, but 
the macrophage is not efficient to kill the leishmania because leishmania modulates uh, the parasite modulates the, the the biology of the of the, the the macrophage, and then that macrophage no longer can signal. It cannot recruit smart cells. It cannot kill the parasite. Uh, and there is a many examples of bacteria and parasites that does that. So they modulate the functions of the cells. And these are the more the more yeah. like pathogenic, the more uh, challenging pathogens to deal with. So some some things that are um, engulfed then take over it's like a landmine i guess like stepping on a landmine and the you know whatever they they engulf takes over them and now they're like oh and uh, they're no longer the ones that are calling the shots but they're the victim right Did you say that yeah yeah and, and eventually the the this is a, a main focus of our lab i mean we have we have receptors that is are inside the cells right so cytoplasm of our cells they don't usually see pathogens because they are in the cytoplasm, right? So if a macrophage phagocyte a bacteria and the bacteria is not pathogenic, it's going to be in the vacuole and then it's going to be degraded, right? So that's the beautiful outcome. But in the in the case of a pathogenic bacteria or a parasite or eventually a virus, so they go inside the vacuole and then they mess up with the, with the cells. So if they try to shut down specific responses of the cells, which I mean inhibiting protein translation or a gene expression so the cells is going to sense this and then as you as you ask they are going to start repeating uh these intracellular receptors to to make sure the cells can fight back these pathogens if they can't maybe the cell is going to go for a suicide program which is a inflammatory form of cell death which we call pyroptosis virus because of fire so it's a it's a cell death which uh, is accompanied by, by by inflammation. So the cells completely collapse and releases a lot of intracellular compartments in the tissue and then gives a signal that something is going wrong in that specific tissue. So a bacteria, a pathogenic bacteria or a pathogenic parasite, it's going to, uh, they, they eventually lyse the cells and the cells suicide. And, and this is important to generate more uh, inflammatory signals which recruits more cells to the tissue, and then eventually the, 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 the cells can, can account to, to, to establish an immune response, which can effectively control the replication of the pathogens. And I know you say that the um, immune cells have receptors on the outside and the inside, but how do they sense chemical gradients? You know, the bacteria may be giving off signaling to other bacteria, and that's how they identify it, but how do they again, hone in on the bacteria. How do they know where it is? You know, they must be sensing gradients of chemicals and they must have some sort of flow sensors instead of just, oh, something sticks and that's it. Right. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, bacteria do communicate with each other. Sensing is an example. So they produce these proteins and and the other cells can sense that there is bacteria around, other bacteria around. As far as I know, the... uh, there is no, it's not yet identified a, a specific mechanism that the cells can sense communication between bacteria. But the, our cells senses molecules from the bacteria. So the bacteria, let's say for a few examples, bacteria has flagellin, LPS, which is a lipopolysaccharide. Uh, it's a cell that has many molecules in the surface. So they have a flagellum, LPS, may have DNA, RNA that are can be sensed by ourselves. So we have receptors 
dedicated to the recognition of flagellin from bacteria, which is the TLR5. They, we have receptors dedicated to sense the LPS, which is the lipopolysaccharide of the bacteria, which is toll-like receptor 4. We have to, uh, receptors such as, as TLR9 that senses DNA, that will send the DNA in the vacuoles. Uh, so we have a lot of receptors ready to sense the components of the bacteria. It is a beautiful discovery by Genway and Medzitov, which like, like paved this field of the uh, receptors and, and toll-like receptors. And we, we, we know now that we have a lot of receptors ready to sense bacteria. The bacteria has uh, many components like flagellin, lipotechoic acid, LPS, depending on the bacteria, they may have these components. And our cells, they have receptors dedicated to sense uh, these components, the most abundant components of the bacteria, right? So which is flagellin, LPS, So all these components is a very structurally conserved among bacteria. And then we have receptors dedicated for recognition of this bacteria. But that's a great question that you asked. So uh, if our cells can sense the communication of bacteria, uh, that would be awesome if we, if we have. But in this case, it may be more difficult to, for this to establish uh, during the evolution because uh, the bacteria, depending on the species, they, say, they, they have different components, they have different ways to communicate. So our cells have to be prepared, to, would have to be prepared to sense many uh, different molecules, which is hard to, to establish. So in, in general, our cells are ready to sense the most abundant components of the bacteria. This is what the the receptors that we call pattern recognition receptors uh, do at best, which is recognizing uh, structurally conserved components of the bacteria. What, what about memory? Have you tried um, what you think is a naive immune cell and exposing it to a, a bacteria versus one that's seen it before? And is there any difference in behavior, speed of you know, phagocytosis or degree of it, changes in behavior, et cetera? Yes. That's, uh, that's for sure. I mean, as soon as our body senses bacteria, uh, they, they get prepared to, to phagocyte, they get more active to, to phagocyte and to kill that specific bacteria. So, so the first encounter of the bacteria with the macrophage primes the macrophages and then let the whole systems ready and more prepared to, to fight back the bacterial infection. So that's pretty much uh, well-established field. So that's a, a beautiful of the, of the biology, which it's more like when we have a previous exposure of a bacteria and many months or maybe years later, we have contact with that specific bacteria. So what happens in that case is, is that like the lymphocytes, they are ready, they are specific for that specific bacteria and they can rapidly activates the, the, the cells to, to produce uh, inflammatory mediators and then to phagocyte and kill bacteria in the, the tissue. So uh, that's the way vaccine works, right? So the pre-exposure, the pre-expose the, the host with a antigen or a part or component of a specific microbe. And then if the host ha- has contact with a real pathogens later, uh, which has that specific molecule, then everything is faster, everything is more robust, and the host is more prepared to control the infection. Well, you talk about it in terms of the host, but on an individual immune cell level, in vitro, like in a dish, you know, have there been experiments to see where the memory is? is it, does it appear to reside in a particular immune cell, or is it more diffuse? And we don't know the signaling from 
host to individual cell? Like, where do you think the memory resides? Both places, one place? Yeah, so now there is emerging a specific like a field which call innate immune memory, or some people say trained immunity, which is the, the cells that get exposed to a previous pathogens gets more prepared and in this case more trained to fight back other pathogens, which happens like, let's say, if you get a, a, a vaccine against BCG, right? So you're exposed to the, uh, it's a microbacteria that it's, it's the BCG. And then eventually you have like a viral infection and then you are more uh, prepared to fight back that infect the viral infections as compared to people that didn't have the, the BCG shot, the vaccine before, right? So that, that's what we call trained immunity. And, and that's uh, something that we are beginning to understand how it works. There's a lot of epigenetics involved in this process. And that is uh, it's pretty much the cells get adapted to uh, infectious uh, environment and then gets more prone to, to phagocytes more efficiently and to clear, uh, to control the infection of a second or different pathogen that that like gets in contact with it with the cells later on so this happens also in vitro so if you have like a macrophages in vitro in experiments and then you give one bacteria and a few days later you give another bacteria so the macrophages is going to be more efficient to to phagocyte there or to kill the second bacteria the second dose of the bacteria so what are some interesting things about the process of phagocytosis that you've discovered uh, well, so I think the most beautiful aspect that we, we are studying in the last years is like uh, how after phagocytosis, the, some bacteria uh, injects molecules in the cytoplasm of the host cells. And why they do that? They do that because they want to modulate the macrophages. So um, a lot of gram-negative bacteria, uh, I study Legionella pneumophila, but many other bacteria such as Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Brucella, you name it. There's many gram-negative bacteria, that the pathogenic ones, they usually express these beautiful secretion systems in that the bacteria uses the system to modulate the functions of the host cells. And the bacteria has to do that, otherwise they're going to be killed by the macrophages. Right, so Legionella, we breathe Legionella, uh, uh, little droplets of water contaminated with Legionella, we breathe, and they reach our alveola of, of our lungs. And then eventually the, the alveolar macrophage is going to phagocyte this bacteria. And they're going to kill the bacteria unless, which is Legionella case, the bacteria secretes molecule in the host cells. And Legionella secretes more than 300 different proteins in the macrophages. And these proteins are very important to modulate the functions of the macrophages, which supports then accounts for replication of the bacteria in the, inside the macrophages. So uh, the, the beauty of the pathogenesis of, in the bacteria-host interaction is that Legionella expresses these molecules, but our cells, and I, I, I accounted, we, we did many discoveries in this field, uh, showing that the, 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 the receptors in the cytoplasm of the macrophages are ready to sense these components that are being translocated by bacteria via the type 4 secretion system or the specialized secretion system of the bacteria. Uh, for instance, uh, flagellin, I mentioned before that flagellin is a molecule that is a component of the flagellum of the bacteria. Legionella is an example of the bacteria that has the flagellum. So the flagellum uh, in the bacteria can be sensed outside of the cell by toll-like receptor 5, right? which leads to expression of a couple of genes, uh, inflammatory genes, 
which is just priming the cells and getting the, the, the whole tissue prepared for infection, for to fight back the infection. But if Legionella goes inside the cells and secretes molecule through the type 4 secretion system, eventually flagellin leaks through this secretion system and contamines the host cell cytoplasm. And in the cytoplasm, we have receptors ready to sense these components in the cytoplasm of our cells, which is the intracellular pattern recognition receptors. And these receptors is going to activate some much more efficient and much more robust uh, mechanisms for fighting back bacteria, which is activation of a strong inflammatory process, which is going to lead to recruitment of a lot of cells and efficiently elimination of the bacteria in the tissues. Can I, um, okay, so a, a given phagocyte, you know, a, a given immune cell, can it engulf more than one bacteria? Or sometimes if it engulfs one, does it get, I guess I'll call it indigestion, and it has to kill itself in order to not let the bacteria take over or to preserve its ability to eat more? I mean, does it, do you see any of this behavior? Yeah, so the macrophages are very, very good. Uh, they do a very good job in phagocyting bacteria. So they, are, they can phagocyte a lot of bacteria, uh, many, uh, sometimes more than 10, 100 bacteria that can be phagocyted by a mac macrophage and even more. So, and they, they're going to try to kill this bacteria. They're going to uh, acidify the vacuole. And then eventually, if the bacteria is non-pathogenic, which, which I mean is a bacteria that is not very efficient in triggering infection, or pathogenesis, and then the macrophage is going to do a good job in clearing this infection, and eventually they're going to phagocyte and eliminate this bacteria. But if something goes wrong, if the bacteria, if there are too many bacteria, or if the bacteria lyses the vacuum, then this, the macrophage senses a signal, the, the macrophage sees this as a signal that the bacteria may be modulating the biology of the macrophage, and then they're going to completely they're going to undergo to a controlled form of cell death, which is uh, inflammatory, which is the pyroptosis that I mentioned before. And this, the way they do this is that by using that specific receptors in the cytoplasm of the, the, the macrophages, which are uh, ready to sense bacteria in the cytoplasm. So if the bacteria gets digested in the vacuole, everything gets back to normal, no more inflammation. If the bacteria lyses the vacuole, and then releases components of the bacteria in the cytoplasm, or if the bacteria secretes molecule through the specialized secretion systems, which leads to bacterial proteins uh, being delivered in the macrophage cytoplasm, then the, the, the host respond, like, and then receptors, intracellular receptors get activated, and then the macrophage collapses and dies. And doing that, the macrophage promotes inflammation because more cells is going to be recruited to that site of infection, and then it's going to start like an infection process, and then and the host is going to try to phagocyte and recruit additional cells to that tissue, and then it's going to uh, promote the, the clearance of, of that bacteria. So when a, um, a macrophage, I guess, endocytosis or, you know, eats a, eats a bacteria, it, it puts it inside a vacuole inside of its own cytoplasm, and then you said it sometimes will acidify the interior contents of the vacuole, and what break up the bacteria? Like, how does the digestion happen once it's, you know, taken yeah. in internally into its cytoplasm? 
Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of enzymes. So after phagocytosis, the, the pathogen goes inside the vehicle, and this vehicle is going to fuse with lysosomes. Lysosomes are highly acidic organelles, and they deliver all the, the, the lumen components of the lysosomes, which are very, there's a lot of acidic enzymes, which they do a great job in digesting whatever is inside the, 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 the phagosome. So if the macrophage phagocytes are, are another dead cells, so that's a very important function of the macrophages as well. So even in uninfected tissues, our cells die all the time. So we, we recycle the, the cells in our body. So many cells die every day. And how do we get rid of these dying cells? The macrophages phagocyte them and digest them. And they, doing, they do that just the same way they, they digest bacteria. So they phagocyte the cells and they fuse this vacuum with lysosomes and early and late lysosomes. And then uh, the whole acidic uh, enzyme is going to digest the whole uh, contents of the of the vacuole that are inside the macrophages. But how do they? How do they? So what do they do with the stuff that digests? Do they use it internally and then divide into two new, to another macrophage, or do they poop out? You know what's considered waste, and is that actually resources or nutrients for other cells? Like how does this recycling happen? Yeah, so many many of the components can be uh, used for, by the macrophage. There is a lot of like uh, components that can be used by the macrophage to 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 make new proteins and amino acids and so on and so forth. So there is a, a whole recycling uh, going on in the cells. There is many beautiful uh, compartmentalization of the of this process, and then the macrophage can, can definitely use this component to make new proteins and make new processes. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I mean, a macrophage can only eat so much. I mean, I would think a, a large part of what it, what it phagocytosis, it can't keep. Otherwise, it become like this monstrous, like obese cell full of stuff, yeah. you know, like where does it go? Yeah. So they actually, they can throw a lot of things out of the cells as well. So they, they have a lot of recycling vesicles that like gets components of the cells and then uh, digest it and then release to the supracellular milieu of the cell. So they, they exocyte a lot of things as well. So the membrane of the macrophage is very dynamic. So they are all the time phagocyting and recycling these membranes and they, they go and they make a vacuum and the vacuum also pops up, little vacuums pops up out of the, the, the big phagosome and then they exocytose, a lot of things as well. So they are very amazing cells to recycle and to... And also another beautiful aspect of the macrophage is the autophagy, right? So they, they pretty much, they can get rid of, of specific uh, proteins or organelles that are not functionally uh, well, like mitochondria. If a mitochondria is not healthy, uh, the, the, the macrophage can get rid of its own mitochondria and, and then they digest this by autophagy. So that's another beautiful aspect of the bi biology of macrophage. Wait, I'm just wondering where, where is most of the, you know, is it waste or is there a lot of recycling? Like if a macrophage is eating all day, I don't know, eats 100 bacteria in a day, again, it can't use even most of those resources. So it, you know, it exocytoses a bunch of them. But do you think it's really garbage or maybe other cells eat that? Maybe there's this like true recycling. Like has anyone yeah. looked at this? That's I, that's a good point, actually. Uh, that, uh, it should be, and there is a lot of like cells and and dying. So if you have an infection process going on, you have like cells and bacteria, and uh, the result of all this like dead cells and dead bacteria, it's going to be a lot of uh, molecules to 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 nutrients around. So it's a good question. What's going on with how this 
the host recycle all this this nutrients. Hmm. So what, what you know, I've been asking my questions. I'm sorry, but what what are some of the big questions that you have about phagocytosis, about the life and times of a macrophage? Like, what do you want to answer? Yeah, so I, I think the the, the the most beautiful aspect of the, the field of research that I work is the it's try to dissect the interaction of the macrophages with the host with the pathogens, right? So that's as specifically the bacteria that are evolved to subvert the function of the, of the innate immune cells, such as uh, Legionella, which is one bacteria that I work on, Leishmania, which is a parasite that I work on. Uh, so they, they pretty much are very well adapted to subvert the functions of the cells. And how does that work? Right? So that's the, the most like important question to understand the disease, actually, because the, if you think about the infection process, the early encounter of the bacteria or the parasites with the cells can uh, dictate if the host is going to control the infection and get back to the homeostasis, or if the bacteria can replicate or the parasite can replicate and disseminate in the body and promote like a more severe disease, right? So that's the, the early stages of the interaction between the parasite and the bacteria uh, or the bacteria with the host, with the macrophages are very important. So there's a lot of things to understand in this interaction and both from the bacteria or the parasite side, but also from the macrophage side. So how does the parasite, in the case of Leishmania, uh, subvert the functions of the macrophage to survive intracellular? It's amazing because the macrophages are the cells that are more efficiently in killing uh, microbes. So they phagocyte and kill microbes. Yet these pathogens, they live inside macrophages. So they go inside and they replicate inside these macrophages. So to do that, they have to be beautiful strategies to subvert the functions of the macrophages. And this is what I, I think is most fascinating in this field. is like understand how the pathogens interact with the, with the macrophages and subvert the functions of the cells. Well, the macrophages are sensing all the time they're adapting. So why wouldn't the stuff that they eat be sensing and adapting and fighting back? I mean, why would a pathogen, you know, why would a, a parasite be any less sophisticated than a macrophage and why not more sophisticated? I mean, you know, yeah. are you studying when macrophages, uh, you know, eat viruses? You know, there's viruses, I'm sure, that can get in there and then take over and the macrophage goes, uh oh, and the virus, the virus is now in control, you know? Right, right. I think it happens uh, just like with bacteria and parasites and virus. So eventually some microbes do a good job in subverting the macrophage functions and these ones can replicate in the macrophages. But many of them, they cannot do a good job and the macrophage gets activated and then produces more molecules that can be toxic to these microbes. And then they, they kill these macrophages. Uh, as we live every day, we are in contact with many bacteria. We breathe bacteria, we breathe fungus, we breathe a lot of microbes, uh, we brush our teeth and we, we inject bacteria uh, in the in blood circulation when there is micro uh, damage in the, in the, during the, the bruising of the teeth. Uh, there's many examples that are, we are exposed to microbes all the time. And we don't get sick all the time, right? So our, our cells do a great job in finding these microbes, phagocyting them, and getting rid of them. Right? But eventually, we get like a more uh, prepared pathogen, which can enter the cells and replicates inside the cells. And then they, they are more like hard to deal with. So the immune system has to operate in a second layer 
which is activation of inflammatory process and then uh, maybe intracellular uh, recognition of microbes by, by the pattern recognition receptors, they, they, the receptors that are inside the cytoplasm. And then these ones maybe may take place in order to guarantee that we're going to mount a response that can fight back and then restrict the replication of these pathogens and our body can finally get back to the homeostasis and we're healthy uh, to keep our life on. Yeah, I'm thinking about a, um, a macrophage that would engulf a given bacteria, but what if it's engulfing phages that are on and in that bacteria? You know, if you have, uh, I mean, I wonder how that modulates the ability of the, uh, the bacteria to be digested or not be digested. I mean, what if you have like, a vibrio bacteria and then one that's vibrio right. cholera, you know, that's, that's yeah. eaten by yeah. a macrophage. Maybe, yeah. you know, the phage inside of it uh, provides defense. I mean, there's so much that could be going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Actually, uh, it's sort of the question you asked. So last year we published a paper, which is really interesting because we found that, or it was published by other groups that Leishmania, some species of Leishmania, they have this virus in, in parasites. But the virus doesn't kill the parasite. It keeps, it, it, so it stays inside the parasite, but doesn't damage the parasite. But when these parasites get in contact with our body, they get much more uh, severe and much more efficiently to, to, to promote disease. And pretty much in this manuscript, we, we, we understand what's the signaling process and what pretty much like to, to give a short uh, view of this manuscript, what we found is that the parasite, the, the virus inside the parasites can activate a type 1 interferon response that shuts down the intracellular sensing uh, by, by the NLRP3, which is the inflammasomes. So by inducing autophagy via this virus, the parasite can uh, survive better in the cells, in the macrophages. And the virus helps a lot to the parasite to, to subvert the functions of the cells. And in fact, there's many, uh, we show in that article and also other groups have shown that uh, patients that are infected with Leishmania with this virus are much more, uh, they have a much more severe disease as compared to patients infected with Leishmania without the virus. So the virus is pretty much helping the parasite to modulate the functions of the macrophages to, to promote a more uh, chronic and disseminated disease. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's just very complicated. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> what about, uh, is anyone studying antibiotic resistant bacteria and how macrophages engage with them? You know, are they more able or less able to engulf and digest, let's say, uh, you know, antibiotic resistant bacteria? Any difference there? Is anyone looking at that? Yeah, I'm sure there is people working on that. So that's a beautiful area. I mean, antibiotic-resistant bacteria, it's like a, a whole field, which is something everybody gets worried about because the, the rate of resistance in the bacteria to antibiotics is much higher uh, than the, the rate of generation of new antibiotics. So we are more and more getting bacteria uh, resistant to antibiotics than the, we are producing new antibiotics. So it's always a concern about this area. And I'm sure there is a lot of research uh, in, in, in new antibiotics and how to modulate the functions. And, and also there is a beautiful aspect of antibiotics because if you think of antibiotics, they pretty much, uh, they can kill microbes for sure. This is what they do. But also they can modulate the functions of the immune system to make the immune system more efficiently uh, to kill that microbes, right? So they can either act directly 
in the microbes, but they can also account to activate the macrophages, which is gonna then, or the other cells, which is gonna kill and, and fight with the pathogens. So what, what do you wanna figure out in the near term? What, what in particular are you gunning for and trying to understand? Yeah, so I'm very enthusiastic about our Leishmania work now because uh, Leishmania is, a, is an important pathogen. There's a lot of diseases uh, in tropical and subtropical regions of the, of the world. In Brazil, it's a very prevalent. And yet we don't really understand how the parasite modulates the functions of the cells. Uh, the, the Leishmania, one of the species that I most study in the lab, lives in this beautiful vacuum, which is huge. And the parasite stays super happy and super healthy. It's acidic. Uh, you would imagine most of the pathogens will die in that vacuum, but Leishmania is happy and healthy and replicating in this vacuum. And, and the good thing now is that now we have CRISPR to genetically manipulate the functions of the Leishmania genes or delete genes in Leishmania, which was something very challenging, very difficult to do uh, before the CRISPR. And, and now we can use this system to silence specific genes in Leishmania and see how Leishmania is modulating the functions of the macrophages. So I have a few students working on that now, and it's really exciting at the fact that we can now use this fascinating technology, which is the CRISPR-Cas9 to delete genes of the parasites, to, to understand the interaction, the co-evolution of Leishmania with the macrophages and how the parasite is so adapted to, 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 to shut down the functions of the, the macrophages in order to, to survive and to, to promote chronic infections, which gives time enough for, for to continue the cycle of the parasite going. The, in pretty much fascinating to me. Well, very good. Well, Dario, what's the best place for people to uh, find out more about your work? Well, they can go in my website. If you put Zamboni Lab in the Google, uh, we're going to hit the, the, the lab website. Uh, if you want to type directly, the, the address is ltm.fmrp.usp.br. And then you can find all information, my, my contact, uh, the students of the lab, the graduate programs, uh, the research and papers, everything is going to be there. So please, please feel free to, to check out our website, our last discoveries and how we, we are counting to, to advance the field of uh, intercellular sensing of microbes by innate immune system. Very good, Dario. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much, Richard. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.